Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Welcome everyone. I'm Vicki Vasilika, Director of the Clinical Specialist and Scientist section here at ASHP. And thanks for tuning in for this COVID-19 special edition episode. As we all know, COVID-19 has presented many clinical, operational, and educational challenges in the past year. With that in mind, ASHP is sharing insights and lessons learned presented by your peers from the 2020 Mid-Year Clinical Meeting so that you can incorporate these best practices into your own as we all do our part in caring for our patients. This management case study took place at King's Daughters Medical Center located in Ashland, Kentucky. We are a 465-bed, not-for-profit community hospital. We have an ASHP-accredited PGY1 program that was founded in 2014 that now hosts three resident physicians. All three positions were filled at the time of this case study. Not only were we facing the challenges that COVID presented, but we were also facing the unique challenge of a neighboring hospital closure. So in a sense, we were fighting two battles at the same time. Although we were seeing a decreased census at that particular time, we were also trying to prepare for the unpredictable effect the hospital closure and COVID spike may have on our census. To just illuminate the timeline of our events, as we are all aware, we started seeing those first cases of COVID reported in the U.S. on January 20th. Our neighboring hospital in our area also announced their closure on January 21st, with no official closure date announced. Preliminary closure had been planned for September 30th. On March 6th, we saw our first COVID cases in Kentucky. And on March 23rd, Governor Andy Bashir signed an executive order to halt all elective procedures. About mid-March, we learned that the neighboring hospital would actually be closing its doors on April 30th and service lines were already being phased out. And finally, our residents were anticipated to complete the residency program on June 30th. As you can imagine with the timeline of these events, we had some immediate challenges arise. We were in this situation as most other facilities in anticipating our COVID cases to increase. But with our neighboring hospital closure, we were also anticipating a greater need for patient services in our area. Then we get an executive order to halt elective procedures, which actually causes a dramatic decline in our census. We needed to implement safety measures to reduce the transmission risk of patients and staff. We also needed to adjust our staffing to align with our new census. We had no other choice but to reduce our workforce and several staff members were furloughed during this time. And as we were making some of these tough decisions, we also needed to address our residents. What do we do with them? How can we best utilize them during this time of uncertainty? So as we begin to think about where do our residents fit into this equation, it was important to review a few of the ASHP accreditation standards for PGY1 programs. Standard two states that the program must be a minimum of 12 months and a full-time practice commitment. Standard three also states that the structure includes at least two thirds of the residents' time being spent in direct patient care. In April 2020, the ASHP statement on pharmacy residency furloughs resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic emergency 
established ASHP's strong opposition to resident furlough or termination during the pandemic emergency. Failure to meet these standards could jeopardize your program's accreditation status. This was not an alternative that we considered or gave any serious consideration, but it was an unfortunate reality for some programs. Instead, we decided to incorporate our residents directly into our disaster response plan. Our adaptive response plan began with establishing leadership meetings within our own department. Our pharmacy leadership team established daily touch point meetings to allow for rapid response to any COVID related issue. We recognize residents as core members of the pharmacy and patient care teams and therefore place them directly on our daily virtual calls. Once we established a clear line of communication, our next step was to really assess our department's needs. One of our first challenges was scheduling. As mentioned before, all non-essential services were temporarily halted to minimize patient exposure risk. This led to a decreased census and the need for staff reduction and furloughs. At the same time, we were looking at scheduling as a way to also minimize our staff's exposure risk. Knowing that we are a smaller department, it was important to keep everyone safe in order to still provide all pharmacy services. To accomplish both of these, we established a new schedule where staff was split into two teams, the red and blue teams. We did have a few team members whose roles were vital to daily operations and they remained on a third team, the purple team. We will take a look at an example of that schedule in just a moment. Once we had the technicians and pharmacists on teams, it was time to decide on our residents. We initially discussed assigning the residents to the blue and red teams, but we ultimately decided against this for several reasons. We really wanted to minimize the disruptions to the residents' training. Our goal was to keep the program as consistent as possible for their experience and to maintain compliance with the accreditation standards. The residents were therefore assigned to the purple team. After solidifying our resident schedule, we then evaluated resident and program objectives. Outstanding unmet objectives were reviewed for each resident to establish a plan to ensure timely completion. We also wanted to leverage the unique opportunities presented by COVID-19 by designing specific tasks with the individual strengths and professional interests of each resident in mind. Once we assessed our departmental needs and evaluated the remaining resident objectives, we developed specific tasks to be completed by our pharmacy team and the residents. Please keep in mind that these were not all developed in one session, but rather fluidly over time as various needs arose. Administrative and clinical assignments. We typically have a technician assigned daily to assist with clinical duties. Unfortunately, her position was one that was furloughed during this time. In the morning, she completes our clinical assignments for the day and distributes these with corresponding mobile phones traditionally carried on site. Because our clinical staff was working remotely, it became even more important to communicate this information to our staff, providing them a daily lineup of which clinical pharmacists were covering which units and their cell or home numbers. This daily lineup with phone numbers was also distributed to our hospitalist team to easily access the pharmacist assigned to their unit. This task was assigned to our resident. The other responsibility assigned was the identification of call-offs with attempts to rearrange the schedule. This activity helps teach the resident 
some of those skills necessary for managing the daily operations of the pharmacy. All of our residents also served as drug information resources as the need arose. They developed plans to manage drug shortages and research COVID-related questions and clinical concerns. The residents were also heavily involved in the development and delivery of needed education. One of our strategies to minimize the need for multiple crash carts on our COVID units was to develop COVID-19 emergency bags that could be removed from the automated dispensing cabinet or the medication room quickly. One resident helped to develop and stock these bags and design the education for pharmacy and nursing staff. Our crash cart process changed for our COVID units in order to minimize contamination and exposure. We also began to quarantine our medications returned to pharmacy from these units. One of our residents participated in the development of this process, conducted the education, and helped to implement it in our emergency room and designated COVID units. Our residents were also involved in the development and dissemination of education for remdesivir and other COVID treatment plans. We previously mentioned drug shortages. We are certainly no exception when it comes to dealing with both COVID-related and non-COVID-related drug shortages. Our sedatives was one of the major shortages that we experienced during this time. We began to monitor the use of sedatives in our COVID population, along with our critical care, regular critical care population. One of our residents was assigned to monitor the usage of these, compare these to historical non-COVID usage, and report any trends identified to our pharmacy leadership team during those daily COVID calls. With so many of our pharmacists working remotely and some of our team furloughed, our typical crash cart and medication outdate activities were interrupted. The residents, along with all on-campus staff, were reassigned to help with completing these tasks, particularly while our census was low. While on his medication safety rotation, one resident was assigned to oversee the upcoming carts and medications to expire. His assignment was to develop and disseminate a plan to our on-site team members for removing expiring medications and rotating that stock. I've discussed many process changes within our inpatient pharmacy, but our ambulatory and retail pharmacies also face their own challenges. Again, in an effort to minimize exposure, our antithrombosis clinic initiated a drive-through for patient services. This was a resident-led effort, first focusing on policy and procedure changes, which were approved by an abridged PNT approval process so that patient appointment intervals could be lengthened based on patient-specific factors. Then logistical concerns were addressed, including designating a physical space and then determining the workflow for that drive-through clinic. This is an example of one goal and activity and how it was assessed. This is objective R3.2.3 that is part of our longitudinal leadership and management rotation. You can see the activities listed to be completed include the development and implementation of a plan to manage drug shortages. One of our residents accomplished this objective with our sedative inventory tracking and alternative development the implementation of a new workflow process. All three of our residents completed this objective. One was achieved with our crash cart and medication quarantine process. One was with our drive-through antithrombosis clinic and one with our remdesivir dispensing process. Complete an inventory review on an automated dispensing cabinet. 
although I didn't mention this on this earlier slide, our residents conducted this for the newly developed COVID units, frequently assessing the medication needs of those units. We had many successes with the use of this plan. First and foremost, all residents completed the program on time. And this was something that they were definitely concerned about. We had minimal disruptions to the resident progression. It's important to get feedback from the residents, meet with them frequently and discuss that plan. We have already discussed the antithrombosis clinic, but one point we didn't mention was that the provisions in the policy and procedure allowed us to employ this type of service in future situations where a state of emergency has been declared or a disaster strikes. And during this time, our PNT committee meetings continued virtually, and these were all resident led. Because of the circumstances, this allowed the residents to participate in even more multidisciplinary meetings and interact with more professional team members than initially planned. And as if we weren't facing enough challenges, we still face challenges within our plan. Pandemics do not happen every day and lo local hospital closures do not happen every day. And this was just a tough time for everyone. But as with any challenge faced, give yourself some grace and flexibility. This applies to both the preceptor and the resident. We had one particular resident who is a very structured individual. I knew this was gonna be very difficult for him. So we sat down at the beginning of his med safety rotation and we just discussed it up front. Things are gonna come up. The needs are going to change from the department standpoint and the organization standpoint. And we just both agreed to provide that flexibility to one another. Do not use strengths as a crutch. And let me explain what I mean by that. If I'm in a disaster situation, I'm gonna be looking at what my resources are, and then I'm gonna be making my assignments based on my known talent. So if someone's strength is developing education, I'm gonna use them to do so. If someone's strength is coordinating meetings, I'm gonna use them to do so. With residents though, be cautious when assigning tasks. Yes, we want to use people's strengths, but remember, Residents are also learning and we want to develop well-rounded practitioners. So there may be assignments that are outside their comfort zone and that's okay. Sometimes we have to face our fears in order to learn a new skill. We have talked a lot about eliminating exposure risk. All three of our residents were on the same team and because of their unique scheduling, they theoretically posed a risk to both our red and blue teams should one of them become positive for COVID. So we discussed at length with our residents the hospital's travel restrictions and ensured they understood that they were no exception. We also checked in frequently with them to ensure they were taking care of themselves, both physically and mentally. The residents' well-being is something we focus on every year throughout the year, but we tried to focus on this even more during this unusual set of circumstances. And even though our residency program was not affected, unfortunately, our organization did suspend our student program temporarily. This was an institutional decision that was made to protect the students and staff. Once the suspension was lifted, we did offer additional rotations for students in need of one, and also offered to host journal clubs and other learning opportunities virtually. We do utilize the layered learning model, so our residents did have prior exposure with co-precepting throughout the year. Depending on the time of year though that your disaster strikes, this could potentially be a concern that would need to be addressed in order to ensure that the residents would meet this objective. So we've spent a lot of time talking about what we did and, and how we utilize our residents and how we got there. 
but I think it's important to spend some time thinking and discussing the resident's point of view. As with every exiting class of PGY1 graduates, we conducted an exit interview and held several sessions to discuss the resident program. I always want to know what aspects of the program went well and what things we should keep, as well as those opportunities for improvement. This year, we also took time to reflect on our resident utilization during COVID planning and their perception of its success. One of the first questions I remember one of our residents asking when we started discussing the staffing plan was, what does this mean for me? The residents were concerned about completing the program on time and concerned that we would not be able to provide a quality experience. So we sat down with the residents and explained that our goal was normalcy. We wanted to minimize as many disruptions as we could for the program. I mentioned earlier in the presentation that we had one resident who was very structured and that we discussed flexibility at the beginning of his med safety rotation. This particular individual actually adapted quite well during the rotation, but I was a little surprised when we sat down to complete his evaluation and he started with, this is not how I envisioned this rotation would go. But then followed with, despite the frequent changes, I believe I was able to roll with the punches and I was able to work on some projects that were new to me. All three residents stated that they were surprised with the number of leadership opportunities afforded to them. Because the residents joined our pharmacy leadership team, they were present for the discussions and they were able to see just how and why decisions were being made. They expressed that they truly felt like part of our leadership team. That amount of disaster planning and leadership exposure doesn't typically occur with each resident class. The other stressor our residents experienced was that of professional uncertainty. How does this affect my transition to the workforce in a few months? Will my PGY2 experience be delayed? Will employers continue hiring? How would this affect my licensure for PGY2 and will our incoming residents be able to proceed with licensure? These were all uncertainties that were out of our control, but we continued to work with them and monitor communication from ASHP and other sources to stay on top of opportunities for them. Although a pandemic is rare, we know that the opportunity for disaster exists every day. We summarize here the steps you can apply to other disaster type situations. Perhaps you're planning for a large disaster like the COVID pandemic we're all experiencing now, or maybe it's something on a smaller scale. Say your department's experiencing a staffing crisis with two upcoming maternity leaves and a team member out on FMLA. Whatever your situation may be, you may adapt these steps to fit your specific needs. First, evaluate your department and organizational needs. What needs to be done? Establish regularly scheduled meetings to discuss and establish a communication plan. Identify tasks needed to get the job done. Then, Consider where your residents are in the program. Is it in the beginning when preceptors are more heavily involved or is it towards the end when residents are typically more autonomous? This may also depend on the individual's progression as well. Next, sit down and evaluate the individual unmet goals and objectives. This is a continuous process that we are already monitoring in our programs, but take a look at them and see where the departmental tasks fit into the activities for those objectives. And of course, ensure the residents are on track to complete the program requirements. And you may have to go back and reevaluate this several times. As you adapt to meet the challenges of your disaster, whatever this may be, it is important that the core focus of the rotation is retained. 
I've just listed some examples here. So for example, with the leadership administrative rotation, you can think about getting the residents involved in the planning phase of the disaster, as we did, and getting them more involved in interdisciplinary meetings. If you have a medication safety rotation, you can prioritize the development and dissemination of disaster education to the staff. With this particular pandemic, antimicrobial stewardship could be modified to afford the resident the opportunity to review and monitor hospitalized COVID patients or patients receiving remdesivir and other treatments. Preceptors should have some flexibility with presentations and topic discussions. At this point, most of us have grown accustomed to operating virtually and this is potentially a valuable skill set moving forward. But don't forget, if you are going to modify a rotation, be sure to update your lesson plan or rotation description. Be flexible with these and think outside the box for selected activities. As your situation changes, update these accordingly. We had to modify these from last year's class of residents to this new incoming class of residents because of their limited experience and changing circumstances. And lastly, consider disaster simulation in non-disaster years. We can never be fully prepared for disaster to strike, but you can work to improve your comfortability with surprise situations. Most organizations run mock codes, malignant hyperthermia drills, or disaster drills. Be sure the residents are part of these and assign them a specific task during a drill. In past years, we have assigned our residents to run a mock disaster drill solely for our pharmacy department. We will give them a scenario and have them lead the department in the disaster planning. This helps our staff articulate their role in that disaster and walk through steps to be taken to address the department's potential needs for that specific type of disaster. And here we have an example of our leadership management rotation description, which shows objective 8.1.2 and how the activities were modified in response to our current pandemic situation. This may be left in the rotation description as is, or it may be further modified to ensure emergency preparedness remains a continual focus of your program. Some key takeaways from today's program. Residency is an educational commitment. Learners and programs alike have an obligation to uphold their end of the program commitment. Residents may be incorporated into a disaster plan and still meet their program goals and objectives. And when disaster strikes, consider what role each resident will play and how they will contribute to help meet the organization and the department needs. We have provided several examples today of how residents may play a key role in planning and activities that support both their objectives and the department needs. We've reached the end of our presentation. Thank you so much for participating today. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today for this special edition podcast on COVID-19. Be sure to follow us at ASHP Official wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to check out our COVID-19 resource center at ashp.org backslash COVID-19 for the most up-to-date developments on COVID-19. Take care and thank you for all you do. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, 